Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited you've taken time out of your day to download us. We are dedicated in order to answer your Bible questions. Ed, uh, you know, many of us, even though we, we claim to be Christian, uh, we claim we're going to church all of our life, we still really had questions. And that was me uh, many, many years ago. And that's what really got me digging into the Bible, trying to do word studies, trying to understand the culture of the time of Jesus, and really what the Word of God really means. You know, we there's many, many people out there who claim they know the truth and teach the truth, and that's good for them. I personally wanted to have more depth and knowledge. And, and going and asking, excuse me, uh, spiritual leaders, preachers, pastors, priests, whoever, Questions, and a lot of times, sadly, they, they really didn't know the question or they would have the answer to the question or they would just tell me it was better that I didn't know those answers. And, and so that's kind of what started this 20-some years ago. And that's kind of why we've named this podcast the way we do. And we actually have a question who, uh, from a listener. And the question is, is the virgin birth true? And as a Christian, do I really need to believe it? And so we're going to try to answer that question today in the podcast. Before we begin, I hope that you have a Bible and you open it up and follow along. The thrust of this podcast will come out of Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. And so before we begin, I want to encourage you, if you have a Bible, again, to open it and follow along. If you do not. I would also encourage you to go to the webpage. You can click on the, the daily Bible verse there, and it will take you to another webpage that we have nothing to do with, but it is a good webpage, that have Bibles in various languages, because we have people from all around the world listening to the podcast, and it has quite a few versions there. And so if you're particular about a, a version or a, one that you don't want, Sometimes that's the case. Uh, you can you can select there and follow along. I would encourage you uh, to do that. You can do that at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. And there you can also find out more information about us and how to contact us when submit your questions through our webpage as well and uh, a ways of supporting us. There's also a prayer request page there. And again, I realize I say this a lot, but that list doesn't change dramatically uh, from week to week, and maybe not even from month to month. But those folks really have emailed and requested uh, us and listeners to pray for them. So please do that. Uh, Some of these people had to go to an internet cafe. They had to go quite a ways to, to even be able to download the podcast to listen to it because internet is not available in their private homes, as it is uh, with so many people in the Western world. And so, uh, again, the question is, is the virgin birth true, and as a Christian, should we believe it? Well, the short answer is yes and yes. The virgin birth is true, and this is based off of uh, a teaching of the Messiah that he would be conceived without the help of a man. And you can... Uh, this is a prophecy that is fulfilled. It couldn't clear back into the book of Isaiah hundreds of years before uh, the birth of Jesus. 
And the New Testament really makes it clear that this is a fulfillment of prophecy. The question is, if you don't believe in the virgin birth, how can you believe the rest of the gospel account of Jesus and his life and his ministry on earth as being 100% accurate? If you can't believe the beginning of Jesus' life, how can you believe the ending and the resurrection and death and all that? And so I know I get accused a lot uh, on personal things and studies at church. I always answer a question uh, with another question. And it's not that I'm intending to, to avoid the, to answering it, but I believe Jesus did that a lot. He answered a question uh, with a question. And so that's that's what I, I guess I've just kind of learned to do that. And so I, I love word studies, and I believe it's important that we all try to, to learn what some of these Greek terms mean. And I think that kind of helps open up the Bible as well. Understanding and knowing the culture of the day and time, and a Jewish culture as well as the Roman culture that is uh, very dominant in the life of Christ. I think that's important too. So again, if you have a Bible, Luke chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 26. Please follow along. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Okay, that would be King David. Uh, and if you would go and study this whole genealogy thing, um, in Matthew, he gives a list, and it and it lists uh, Mary and Joseph both would have been direct descendants of King David. Okay, so anyway, back to the text. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Holy Most High excuse me, will overshadow you. So the Holy One is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. No word from God will ever fail. And here's Mary. I am the Lord's servant. That should be all of her attitudes who are Christians. Mary answered, May the Lord, may your word be to me 
fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So notice here Mary's response here in verse 34. How can this be? I am still a virgin. Okay, so she confesses uh, that she is unmarried. She's never known a man intimately. Uh, And so Mary's confused, uh, even though she's probably a a young teenager. She does know how uh, babies come about. And so Mary stresses to the angel again. I, I just, how is this really going to be? I think this is a, a honest question. It is not one questioning uh, the, her faith or it's not questioning God. It just kind of defies logic. And so she's trying to find uh, that answer. How can this logically be? There's no evidence or proof that I could get pregnant without a man helping uh, do that. And so, to to give Mary some evidence that she's probably really searching for, uh, the angel tells her about a family member, and that would be Elizabeth. Now, many people teach that that is her cousin. It could be. It could be her aunt. The text doesn't say. It just says a family member. And she's pregnant in her old age. Yeah, you know, this doesn't mean that she was in her 80s or 90s. It just simply could imply that Elizabeth is in menopause. And so Mary then seems to accept the message and the willingness to, to bear the Messiah. You know, let it be done as you say, I am the Lord's servant. But notice here, Mary quickly, is what the, the text says, she quickly goes in to visit her relative. And when Mary arrives there, she really does find her relative who is either in menopause or just older, period, uh, that she really is pregnant. And Mary had to travel there. This this relative, uh, by the text, makes it fairly clear that the relative did not live in the city limits of, of Nazareth, that she had to, to go somewhere. Uh, visiting up in the countryside or the hillside. So she has to travel. I know there's a lot of teaching that uh, Elizabeth just lived down the street, and I don't get that at all from the text. So this has to be a a comforting uh, thing for Mary when she does go there and finds out that that Elizabeth really is pregnant. And that would confirm to Mary that the angel was speaking the truth, and that she had made all the right decisions to tell the angel, yes, uh, let me uh, let it happen. Okay, so uh, Mary also is going to, and I'm sure she already knows, she's going to be facing some really hard questions about how she became pregnant outside of marriage. And the father of the, the child is not to the man whom she is engaged to. So, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 18, and we'll, we'll read the, the following verses here in a few minutes here. So, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful to the law and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. 
So he has in mind to divorce her quietly. Okay, so here we are trying to help support the virgin birth idea. And we have Joseph, uh, the man who she has been pledged to, to marry. Uh, he is questioning her pregnancy. He, he has to believe that she really was pregnant. And he really knows, hey, I'm, I'm not the father. So he doesn't want to be married to an unfaithful woman. And most of us probably, even today, could understand they don't want to be married to an unfaithful spouse. And so, and they certainly don't want to raise somebody else's child before they even get a start in life. And so, uh, Joseph would not have sought out a way of ending the marriage if none of this was true. Because he's, he's going to uphold the law. Uh, he's a faithful man. And it seems to, as you study Joseph, he is a very... Uh, considerate, loving man, uh, probably very kind and gentle as well. That's another study. So, again, Joseph will have to be told by an angel, hey, it's okay, it's fine to take Mary as his wife. Matthew 1, uh, around verse 20 here, says, but after he had considered this, considered what? Divorce, okay? An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him uh, Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So here's a side note here. There, there are people who claim to be Christian that really do not believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. And here is a, a text that clearly says that he was God with us. Emmanuel, that's exactly what that word means. And we've done other podcasts about Jesus being God in the flesh. And you can read John chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1. And there you will see as well, those texts make it pretty clear that Jesus was God in the flesh. Okay, so Jesus himself will face criticism in his public ministry of being conceived outside of marriage. In John chapter 8, verses 40 and 41. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. Now, that's Jesus talking. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. Your deeds are the deeds of your father. Now, he's talking to uh, the, the Pharisees. They're, they're always at each other's throats. It, that's because Jesus is, is going against the political uh, power of the day. He's uh, not being very politically correct, we might say, in, in our day and time. Uh, he, he does respect their authority because he says that, that they're supposed to do that. But he doesn't always agree with them. In their, they want to be power hungry. They, they want to control people, and they're losing that control through the ministry of Jesus 
the large crowds following him, and so on. Okay, so, but notice here in John chapter 8, verse 41 here, their response, they, being the Pharisees, said to him, to Jesus, we were not born at fornication. We have one Father, God. Okay, so, again, from this text, I'm concluding that they knew that Jesus was conceived before the final marriage ceremony at Joseph and Mary. They also could have known that Joseph wanted to divorce Mary for being pregnant before Joseph and Mary's final wedding vows. The only way for Joseph at this day and time to break the marriage a contract that had been already laid out uh, when he say the patrol you know there's a year waiting period there they're seen as married but they haven't completely come together as a husband and a wife okay he's preparing a place uh, for his bride a chamber okay and i would suggest or encourage you we have talked about the customs of the jewish marriage laws and and whatnot in an earlier podcast, it's called uh, The Shout of the Bridegroom. And I would encourage you again, if you have not listened to that podcast, to go back and listen to it. It really opens up uh, a little bit of the history and so that we can understand the Jewish uh, marriage ceremonies. But just briefly here, the first stage of the marriage in the Jewish culture, it usually, again, lasted for about a year before the wedding night. And right now, this is more of a a legal thing uh, rather than what we might think of as an engagement in our culture today. An engagement, uh, people do uh, break those engagements and do not get married. But in this situation, uh, they're already in in a contract, they're already in an agreement. uh, They're going to get married. They're going to finish the wedding uh, vows and consummate the marriage. It, but I can already hear people emailing me saying, hey, look, uh, Joseph bought Mary. Then is that's what you're implying? No. Uh, again, listen to that podcast, uh, The Shadow of the Bridegroom, where Mary actually had rights uh, under that day and time, that culture, to say no to the marriage proposal. But once she agreed to it and the deal was sealed, and she was committed, it's... It's just the way it was. And so it does not turn a woman into a slave. And I've, I've heard that terminology used before. And it's just not true. So we had this uh, term virgin, again, in the Jewish culture at this time. It just simply implies uh, not only one who had never been married, but one who had never had marital-type relationships, Okay. And so it has the meaning of both. In our terminology, especially in the United States, a virgin just simply means somebody who's never had sexual intercourse. That's not necessarily true in the Jewish culture. Okay, so here's an, here's an example for you to chew on and, and study on your own here. But I'm going to give you an example. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And here we have the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he's going to discuss marriage uh, 
uh, with the church in Corinth and divorce and whatnot. And he's going to use uh, these words here in verse 8. He's going to use uh, the term unmarried. Okay, so in other words, someone who was divorced. Uh, they were married, but they had become unmarried. Kind of like untying your shoe. Okay, that you, you, your shoe was tied, but now it's not. In the same verse, he uses there the term widows. Again, same as our culture, this would be somebody whose spouse has, has passed away. In verse 10, he does use the term married. Again, both spouses are living, and then simply put, uh, they're married. They're living in the same household together. They're doing all the things that husbands and wives do. In verse 14, he does use the term husband and wife. So he kind of separates it, uh, the two uh, terms, but he does use that term husband and wife. And then in verse uh, 28, 34, and 36, he uses the term virgin as well as uh, using the different words in one verse. So I'm going to read verse 34. I would encourage you uh, to go and read the other verses that I have pointed to. Verse 34 says, And his interests are divided, the woman who is unmarried, and the virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. But the one who is married is concerned about the things of this world and how she may please her husband. Okay, all separate words in the Greek in the original text, and they are interpreted uh, correctly, I believe, in the English here as unmarried virgin, married uh, and husband, and so on. And so, understanding what these words mean, I think, helps a lot to understand that Mary, uh, word virgin, was used again. She's never had uh, intimate relationships with a man, and she's never been married. Okay, so, again, most people in this day and time uh, believe that children were a product of marriage, and they would have to have been legally married. That having an intimate relationship outside of marriage meant you could get stoned, yeah, stoned to death. I mean, it was adultery. It was really frowned on in this culture. It is not necessarily frowned that harshly in ours, sadly. And so, we we need to understand that. The virgin birth really is true in how uh, it is recorded in the New Testament. Matthew and Luke uh, are very clear about the virgin birth and Mary and Elizabeth as an example of uh, giving evidence. That Joseph is evidenced by his actions that Mary really was pregnant and that she really was engaged, as we might use again in a terminology patrol, to her husband. And Joseph says, wait, I'm not the daddy. You know, who is the daddy, right? That would be a, a legitimate question that most men would have of uh, their fiancé or their wife. If I did not conceive that child, then who did? And so, yes, 
the virgin birth is true. Yes, as a Christian, we need to accept that and believe that. And I know that Mary does have children later in life. And we can find that in Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 3. It says, Is this not the carpenter, okay, uh, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are his sisters not here with us? And so they took an offense that Jesus was talking about a prophet who is not worthy of honor in his hometown. And even his own relatives in his own household do not respect him. Basically, what's the conversation there's going on with, between Jesus and these people. And so I, I know the Catholic Church teaches that those really were not brothers and sisters. They were cousins. But that's really not the Greek terms here. It really is brothers and sisters. In that Jesus had half-brothers and sisters, that Mary and Joseph uh, carried on a normal marital relationship and lifestyle. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing unbiblical about it. There's nothing dirty about it. It's not nothing sinful about it. It's just they had a normal lifestyle. And to think that Joseph and Mary, being married, lay next to each other, uh, never gave in to the marital uh, bedside, uh, that just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Okay, so common sense would say, yes, they had children. And that is not important to the virgin birth as far as her having other children. What is important is that J uh, Joseph and Mary did not have intimate relations until after Jesus was born. And again, back to, to Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until after she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay, so again, there, here's the text stating that they had a normal marriage lifestyle that husbands and wives enjoy. Well, I certainly hope during this Christmas time, as we are busy and running around and you're questioning the, about the virgin birth, I hope this kind of helps you solve that, that struggle, that it really did happen, and it's not uh, far con uh, conceived in, to believe it, that it really did happen the way the Bible records for us. If you have a question, as this listener did, uh, please feel free to email us. We will do our best to answer that question, and we will find the answer in the Bible for you. And again, you can find us at biblicalquestion.com. There you can find links to our social media account as well as Twitter and LinkedIn. Facebook has really given us a hard time. For some reason, we just can't get Facebook to, to cooperate. So we really have abandoned the idea of Facebook. Most people are watching and, and tuning into us on LinkedIn, where we do occasionally post news articles that affect the church and Christians from around the world. So I'd encourage you to follow us there if you have a LinkedIn account or a Twitter account uh, as well. And again, I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory.